Many districts use interim assessments to get a sense of how students are doing academically. Most interim assessments are normative by design, meaning it compares one student's score with all the other scores in the nation, and then sets growth targets or expectations based on that comparison. But what if I told you that for most students, peer-based growth targets will never be enough to reach grade-level proficiency? In fact, many students reach these targets annually and fall further behind. A criterion reference assessment like iReady is based on grade-level standards. The iReady assessment will set a growth target that's based on the high expectation that all students, regardless of where they start, can and should reach grade level. That, my friends, is stretch growth. And this podcast is dedicated to learning from and celebrating those educators who empower their students to reach their stretch growth targets. Welcome to Stretch Growth Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Ty Holmes. Today, we are hearing from Mary Cabral, the Bristol Warren K-8 Literacy Coordinator. Mary was a secondary English language arts teacher, teaching in East Providence and Bristol Warren for 26 years. She's been specializing in curriculum development and implementation while serving as a coordinator, a leader, a coach, every hat, you name it. I had the good fortune of sharing the stage with Mary at an in-person educator event in Massachusetts, where Mary shared wisdom and practices that enabled some of the students in Bristol Warren to reach their annual stretch growth goal. For those unfamiliar, Stretch growth is, again, an ambitious goal that puts students on a pathway to grade level proficiency. Mary graciously agreed to share that wisdom with all of you. Hello, Mary. It is great to see you again. Hi, Ty. Thank you for having me today. The pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. So, Mary, first question, where is Bristol Warren? And tell us one thing you love about the district. Bristol Warren is definitely on a path toward proficiency. That's really where we have set our goals. And that's as a district, that's part of our strategic planning. And I'm sure that's a national goal, but it's really critical for us. Um, We're thinking about all students and what they deserve and need. And we're trying to do everything we can to get students to that place of proficiency so that they can realize their potential and do everything they need to do to prepare for their future. I think that's what I love about Bristol Warren. Um, It's exciting to be part of that journey to collaborate with teachers and students and administrators in figuring out how it is we make sure that all students have that opportunity. Wow. That's that is that is amazing. And as I as I mentioned before, Mary, not all students reach their stretch growth targets. Right. It is ambitious. It is empirically derived. It's designed these targets to put students on a path to grade level proficiency. But not all students reach their stretch growth targets. But there are a number of students in your district who did. So tell us. Were there specific teacher moves or administrator moves that help students reach these ambitious stretch growth targets? 
I do think you have to take it all into consideration. So it's the classroom, it's the administration, it's also the professional development that supports teachers in the classroom when they're with their students. I guess the way I think about it is quantitative and qualitative. So the quantitative piece is looking at the data and letting the data inform what it is going to help students progress the most. But that qualitative is what is the story that we're creating for students and with students in each classroom in order to help them understand and embrace that journey that they're on. And so that was a big part of what we decided as a district was to think about that data chat with the child and helping the child understand why stretch growth was important and working toward that goal and how that will put them on their track to proficiency and exceeding proficiency for those students who are already there. Amazing, amazing. And did you did you implement like celebrations of of students as they, you know, were setting and or, you know, reaching goals where they're uh, sort of district-wide administrative moves that were implemented? Yes. So at the administrative level, the administration set a schedule for all teachers in classrooms in order to protect tier one instruction first, making sure that all students have access to equitable tier one instruction and making sure that tier one instruction is evidence-based and it is aligned with the science of reading and all of that resource. So making sure that's all in the hands of teachers, that teachers are well-trained to implement that high quality curriculum and that students have access in the schedule to always attend. So really protecting it. We had issues in the past where if a student needed particular services, they might be pulled and miss tier one instruction. And so we set the priority district-wide that tier one instruction will not be missed. In addition to that, we put uh, additional time for math and reading into the schedule to make sure that there's enough tier one time, but that there's also acceleration time where students have dedicated time to work on that stretch goal. And so carving out the time by administrators for teachers to make sure this is a priority in the classroom also helps students understand that we are dedicating the time, this is important, and then coupling that with uh, individualized data chats helps them access and understand why they need to really do a good job and that we've committed to it with them along that journey. And I think one of the important things we've learned about iReady is that that personalized instruction that students use um, with MyPath, in addition to that teacher-led acceleration piece with prerequisite skills and unfinished learning, you need to be present in order to do well. Students need to have open dialogue with the teacher because it is individualized. Students are working on a variety of skills and students need to be able to access a teacher who can answer a question and clear up any misconception while they're on that journey. And so we just feel it was really important that class time be dedicated where it's not homework, but it's, it's dedicated time where you have a teacher available for questions and guidance as you work on your MyPath as well. Wow. So I, I love that. What I'm hearing, and I love the language of 
protecting tier one instruction. I think that is really, really powerful language for our listeners out there. And then the mention of presence or having educators being present for check-ins, for conversation, for support with the online instruction, right? Not just putting students there and, you know, thinking that the uh, online pathway is going to just work its magic, but that conversation, how are things going, looking at their data, seeing, you know, what their pass rates are. I love that. That's a fantastic uh, wisdom to share. Now, I've heard you mention data chats a few times. How long did it, because, you know, Data chats, uh, when districts first have them, right? When they first begin, it's, it's a bit of a process. How long did it take Crystal Warren to like fully adopt this notion of a data chat? Like, and how did you, how'd you roll it out to get buy-in? I think the most important thing we did was make it the responsibility of a certain individual. So for example, in our K-5 schools, we have implemented, so another administrative move was if there is special needs in the classroom, then the special educator is the collaborator with the classroom teacher. And so making sure that both of those um, practitioners can go ahead and meet with students and dedicate time for that. And then at the middle school level, we have students attending a literacy block So it's very difficult with a middle school schedule to make sure that there's additional time for math and additional time for reading. And so what we essentially did was we assigned an ELA teacher to the tier one instruction and an ELA teacher to a block for it's really um, novel studies. They're doing novel studies and also the MyPath. And so that particular teacher is responsible for helping students and guiding students with their uh, work towards stretch growth. And so that teacher has it as part of their routine and cycle to check in with students and do data chats monthly with students. And so I think setting a cycle and a schedule in place and having stakeholders sort of be assigned as these are your students that you're going to do your data chat with. And so the schedule combined with that assigned responsibility of these are your kids for data chats really just helped us because in the past, it was sort of just everybody's responsibility and it wasn't really happening. We definitely have a long way to go. This was our first year of full sort of push for data chats. And so we know that our proficiency with understanding how best to manage that is going to grow as we learn more. And so initially we were using their number, you know, their, you want to go from this, this was your score and not your scale score number. And now you want to go to this number sort of thing. And now we're talking to students more about the quality of their work. So as you're doing a lesson in my path, as you have questions, feel free to raise your hand, keeping that open dialogue clearing up any misconceptions for students while they're working and really helping them work toward their proficiency with that lesson, one lesson at a time. And so that way it's the quality. So we're really thinking about that now more than just a surface of this number, but really making it personal and saying, 
working on. This is why the My Path lesson has appeared for you. And so you're working through these lessons for this end goal. So really do a good job, listen, taking notes, that sort of thing. So really just enriching our understanding of what are the moves that the student can make. So looking through the student lens when they are doing My Path, what is going to support them? having that teacher there to answer questions, also, you know, using a notebook and tracking their skill progress themselves. Okay, oh, forgetting how much progress themselves. Wow, that's, a, that's, a, I gotta say, you sound like, a, like a, the district sounds like a pro. I mean, assigning uh, a person, saying to a professional, right, these students are yours and a part of that relationship is data chats. Like, I, I just I haven't heard that yet as we've been uh, sort of touring around and talking to educators. I think that is brilliant. And I really hope that's something that spreads. I really do. Thank you for doing that in in Bristol Warren and, uh, and for sharing that with us, because I think a lot of folks are probably in that space, like you said, where it was left up to, you know, kind of everybody and having it get more structured by making it a part of a person's role and then their liaison with the classroom teacher and so forth. That's, that is fantastic. That is just fantastic. And I guess in closing, and you've got, I know a lot of wisdom to share and you've been graciously uh, sharing with, with us both uh, on stage and in podcast form. Is there any closing advice you have for teachers or for leaders? who are listening and would love to replicate some of your success. Well, I think I'm, I'm going to share my quote that I talked with you about when we were at the iReady conference. And I guess what guides sort of the work is thinking about, we really need to put students first, but mm-hmm. you need to remember teachers always. So students first, teachers always, when you're thinking about your plan. Teachers are part of the puzzle. And I think we all do think about the students and they pull at our hearts and we want to do our best for them. But we need to remember how to support the teachers in implementing. And so setting aside time and it's not just about assigning and adding more responsibility, but it's really how to share responsibility and how to grow understanding and practice so that we can work well rather than more. And so I think that that's really what's important. When you think about the whole collective process, make sure that you are supporting teachers well with appropriate professional development that's in line with your goals. And that's going to help them be very successful when they're with their students and listening to them and their needs so that you can continually adjust as things progress and understanding grows for both students and teachers. What are the next supports that are needed so that you can keep growing? Thank you. I can't think of a better way to conclude than students first and teachers all ones. Mary, I want to thank you for what you do in other in Bristol Warren, what you do for the educators uh, that you partner with and students that you all educate. Please keep up the good work. Thank you for taking the time to share uh, this wisdom with our listeners and educators throughout the nation. We appreciate you and I hope you have a fantastic day. 
Thank you. You too, Ty. This is it for today's episode of the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Please leave us a review where you listen to podcasts as it really helps us reach more educators like you and make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associ and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, want to be a guest or have a question, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We're here for you. So until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Danielle Sullivan. Social media by At City Hannon. Guest booking by Sari Liberis. Music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIReady and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. 